fake or not, fake or not, um, I I still think what we're sort of saying here stands about Ryan Day about not really having an identity. And I wonder, Nick, like this is my you had a theory on Ryan Day last week. I think I maybe have one here. Like, Ooh, do you think theories? Do you think that he coaches with what's go what's going to be said about him on his mind at all, or not even maybe him, but just like about his team because. The, the the reaction he had after the Notre Dame game, which I'm not saying it's bad. I love when anybody, coach, player, general manager, the janitor who mops up the floors and hears things in the building. Like, I don't care who it is. If they give you like raw emotional reaction like that, that is what we love in sports. We don't get enough of it. Here in Cleveland, we're used to Kevin Stefanski coming out and giving this very robotic AI, uh, Elon Musk robot answer. And it's, it sucks. Like we love those types of reactions. So that, that moment was really cool, but for him to react that way, like in that moment, right after the game. And I get that it was an emotional thing. Like you just want to kind of like a walk-off touchdown. I get that. But at the same time, if he's hearing that stuff, if he's paying attention to it, do you wonder at all if like, he's thinking about like in certain spots, well, what's going to be said about my team if this happens? Or what's going to be said about my team if we don't score here? Or if we don't run up the score on this team or whatever? Do you think that that's a thing that goes through his head? I don't know what affects his decision-making, but do I think he feels the pressure finally after, was it, you know, four years? Do I think yeah. he's finally feeling significant pressure? Yes. I, well, I think and he- think about it. Like, your athletic director's leaving – Generally, the athletic director that hired you is a safety net. And yep. I kind of get like this was a different thing because it was Urban Meyer kind of tabbing his guy and passed it off to him. So it was a little so bit different. So he could go <laughs> young co-eds at a bar. What did you call it? The, uh, the... Oh, Urby two digits. Yeah. Urby two digits. Yeah. We didn't forget. Oh, People man. don't forget. I forgot, but it's still a great line. Um, no, like I, I – I don't know, like it, you, there's certain elements here and there's context here as to maybe why. And think about it, like these coaches will say like, oh, we block out the outside noise. But then the first people to tell you at their postgame press conference, like, yeah, you know, hey, why would you score an extra touchdown with a minute to go and you're already up two scores? Well, you know, we want to impress the committee. So, you know, they're thinking about this stuff in the in the game of like how how do we set ourselves apart and how do we let people know we're for, we're for real? I can't imagine where Ryan – like <laughs> – I don't cry for me, Argentina. He gets paid an ass load of money. Okay. And we should remember that, <laughs> but like I do empathize with Ryan because he's achieved so much and he's actually like from urban, he's raised the bar to yeah. another level, despite not winning a national yeah. title, despite not beating Michigan the last two years. But I think the guy that has been terse after games tells you that, yeah, he hears everything. And I think he knows like, I think he understands that this is a pivotal year, whether it's winning a national title and or beating Michigan, that the last two years feels like a step back. And listen, guys, I'm a pretty logical person. I don't think anything should happen to Ryan Day. He might frustrate me from game to game, but people that compare him to John Cooper don't clearly remember the John Cooper era because Ryan Day started his career with a win against Michigan. It took John Cooper a half century. I'm slight hyperbole. Also, Ryan Day's never had anything close to a losing season. John Cooper did have a couple early struggles. So like, it's not close. And I just think like, but at the same point, I also understand like, let's compare this to Michigan. Michigan is undefeated coming off a playoff berth, 
has, has beat Ohio State twice. This is their best team with Jim Harbaugh. They have a legitimate chance to win a national title. And yet, there are boosters acting within Michigan right now to sabotage Jim Harbaugh's contract extension, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Stapleton, because they just don't like him. So, like, if that's happening at another undefeated team where because Jim Harbaugh likes milk with his steak or some weird crap, like, yes, I do think Ryan Day is very cognizant of the fact that he's had a lot of success, but the two ways that people measure success in Columbus, he has not done in the last two years, and and one he hasn't done ever in winning a national title. So, yeah, I, I think he acutely feels the pressure, and I think – Here's the other thing. I think Ryan Day knows his quarterback's not good enough. And I don't mean yeah. not good enough. Like Kyle McCord is a legit starting college football quarterback. He is. He's fine. Like you put him at Pitt, he's fine. You put him at Rutgers where he wanted to go, he's fine. But he's at Ohio State. And this is a pivotal stretch here. And if you end up losing to Michigan this year because of Kyle McCord, there's going to be a whole lot of questions open up, namely – why didn't you go into the transfer portal like everybody else seems to do and find a quarterback that fits your system? Why why, why did you fall back on Kyle McCord versus Williams when you probably didn't feel like either guy was, at least in spring ball, establishing himself the way you want to? So fair or unfair, Ryan Day's smart enough to know boosters are not sane people. They're just grown-up college fans, all right? They're just 18-year-old Buckeye fans that turn into 70-year-old Buckeye fans, except now they've got a shitload of power and and are absolutely have nothing other to do and bitch about other than Ohio State football and live that. When it's good, it's great. When it's bad, and it's not bad now, but it's bad for him, and it's bad for where Ohio State's used to being, this is where the, the pressure comes in. So I don't think that's why he did or did not decide to go for that uh, fake punt or not fake punt, whatever we're calling it. But I'm telling you, this is a dude who you see in between games, in between, there is a defensiveness to him that has grown in his time. And I think it's just, he knows. It's bleep or get off the pot. He might not get fired, yeah. but but you added, you know, uh, the retirement of Gene Smith. That doesn't take effect till next June. That doesn't matter. Yeah. If well, you don't take care of business this year, it's going to be everything all in next year. And I and I do think off of my theory, like I think maybe the bigger point here, what you brought up is the the combo court effect. Like we heard rumors that they didn't feel like they had the right the, the best quarterbacks, and, and that's why it took so long to name one. I mean, he didn't name one until like the week leading up to the game, the, the first game of the season against Indiana. So I, I think maybe that is is the bigger thing here. Like he might just know that hey. Our quarterback's not the same guy we've had in recent years. We're going to have to win different ways. And maybe that's why he coaches the way he does this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, whatever the reason is, I, I think there's certainly some factors there that weigh on him during games, and that comes out the way he calls plays.